This program is produced using the resources of Public Media Network in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Learn more at publicmedianet.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of the Share Prosperity Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ford, Share Prosperity Kalamazoo Coordinator for the City of Kalamazoo, joined always by the magnificent Melody Dakin. Hello. Whose title is? Neighborhood Business and Special Projects Coordinator. We're still figuring out the special projects piece. Maybe I can ask Antonio about that today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Mel, too, they, who just recently heard Curtis Blow these are the breaks <laughs> and went bananas <laughs> old school but you know never never played out oh yeah yeah gotta hear it yeah every episode we have is exciting um and and we are now officially award-winning uh share prosperity podcast but this one is super exciting today because we have our uh our team leader uh, supervisor antonio mitchell um, and he's going to introduce, you know, his title. I forgot his title. He recently Deputy got promoted. Deputy Director. Yeah. Moving on up. There you go. <laughs> I guess. There you go. Um, but, yeah, it's a total, total supportive uh, leader of our team because we're in Community Planning and Economic Development Department, and we got a little little team, small but mighty, and growing. Um, so without further ado, We'd like to welcome Antonio Mitchell to the show. Thank you. A very successful show that you guys have put on for the community. Um, it's very it's impactful towards informing everyone of all the great things that are happening in Kalamazoo. Um, it's good to have a positive voice consistently of um, speaking on a regular basis. So thank you guys for doing such a great job. And what's, what's the official title, the new one? The official new title is Deputy Director for Community Planning and Economic Development. So, Sweet. So I'm behind our, our uh, fearless leader, Rebecca Kitt, um, to assist her with this initiative of community planning and economic development. Who's going to be on? She was scheduled but was right. on vacation. We're going to get her on, uh, um, Rebecca Kitt, the unicorn. Yep. The magic unicorn. The magic unicorn. There you go. Okay, um, but yeah, thanks for being on the show. In a nutshell, for folks that don't understand, what is what's community planning and economic development do in a nutshell? So what it does in a nutshell, it focuses on pretty much the community development side is housing development and community um, initiatives, uh, working with the community hands-on. Um, we, we're the organ- part of the city organization that works with neighborhood associations and a lot of nonprofits and so forth. On the economic development side, um, it's the entity that works with development um, projects um, in the sense of retention and also expansion and growth. So we work um, pretty much from downtown to industrial development projects um, in the city of Kalamazoo, from commercial corridors to neighborhood um, economic development um, tools as well. Sweet. So community development, economic development, kind of merging both of those. Um, and for the, uh, for the un- uninitiated, why are those things important for our community? Well, they're important because you need to have, um, as I say, a base point for growth and expansion for people to tap into. 
So one of the points is the planning part is that we deal with all the planning, zoning um, requirements for the city as well. So anytime you want to do a development, housing or commercial or industrial, you need to clarify um, the zoning requirements and also the site plan uh, requirements for developing that site at that location. Um, otherwise, what are the requirements for me to build on this plot of land? Um, so you come to our department and we assist you at from the beginning to end, um, if you know, all the way to the commission, if necessary, for certain approvals. Mm -hmm. I think a lot about where the all the different pieces involved. So, like, we start with individuals. Some of my job is working with business owners who are individuals who decide to own a business, then they are part of a family, they are part of a neighborhood in the city. Mm -hmm. And they're part of the city, so like moving all the, all the way up and seeing seeing the barriers and the uh, issues at every piece. So like Kevin, you work with shared prosperity. You're more families, workforce development, and business. I'm more neighborhood business. So like how how do those? Then also I think of like the uh, the zoning, like Antonio mentioned, the infrastructure. Those are kind of the landscapes and the layers that inform our work of how where people can live and how many and where people can thrive and how to best build our zoning so people can thrive and those those sort of things. So it's so connected. It's yes. interconnected. It's so connected. Yeah. System thinking one on one. Yeah. There you go. So it's it's a process of trying to inform people educate people and guide people through the government process which is many different layers um, our department has many different layers so you want to try to say handhold people as much as possible to not only understand what their vision is for what they want to do um, but is it possible to do at that location we try to inform people do not you know sign anything or purchase anything before you you know talk to us because you want to make sure um, whatever your vision is is possible with that location. Um, and if it's not, we have staff that can assist you to find a different location if necessary uh, to assist you in that process to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. One thing that you always mention, Antonio, is like education is power. I see that since I started this job, that's kind of your mantra. Uh, and then sitting with this, like, enable versus empower, like, that, those two words came back to me last week when I was dealing with a few things, pro programs of, like, what are we, what, what is best here? And, like, am I enabling? Am I empowering? How do we want to design initiatives so we're empowering people? So mm -hmm. can you sure. talk a little bit more about how you learned that? How it, it's, it's, in, it seems like it's, connected through all the pieces that you teach to us as a guide and as a supervisor but how did you learn that uh, from when you were you know to now to yeah. now it really I always tell people a lot of things started with it usually starts with your family so it started with my grandmother um, she was an entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, and, and and it was like okay hey that's you know it's nice to work for yourself mm -hmm. but she worked hard she worked real hard one thing about being an entrepreneur, you work very hard. But she controlled her own destiny. She owned a nursing home. She owned a couple of nursing homes at the beginning. Nursing home? Wow. Yes. She owned a nursing home. She owned a couple of them. I literally grew up in a nursing home. Um, and But she started off as a nurse and found this opportunity. 
and was working with, um, quote unquote, you know, nursing, working with a nursing home, ended up, you know, you should own your own, there's a need. And so she started it and did very well. But there's pros and cons to that. You know, it was always hard for her to find, you know, the right employees, certification, things like that. But it set the tone for me that you can do many things in life, but if you want to work for someone, work for someone to be the best. But if you want to, you know, work for yourself, it's going to take more of you to do it yourself, but you still need to try to be the best you can be and provide the best service um, as possible. Um, and in her case, like I said, she owned a nursing home. That was her base business. But at one time, she owned the cleaners. She owned a couple other businesses that she spun off um, that didn't work. Um, I think it didn't work because she couldn't find a right, a right amount of folks to assist with that um, to be successful. Uh, but she had her foundation was the nursing home. And so she stuck. She always made sure that was good, you mm -hmm. know. And so it, it reminded me of, you know, if you're going to, whatever you're going to do, you need to learn about it. That's the education part. It doesn't have to be, I always tell, you know, people, especially when you be online, I say education is power. And people say, well, you don't have to get a degree. And that's correct. You don't have to get a degree. You can get a certification. You can get mentorship. You can get an apprenticeship. You can do many things. But the key factor is you will have to learn something to do something. So the question right. is, who are you going to learn it from? And does it require you to have some type of certificate or degree to get into the field or to do what you're trying to do? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people say, well, it shouldn't, shouldn't be that way. Well, the people that are hiring or the people that are giving out dollars require that. So you have to fill the requirements that give you access to do what you want to do. And that's what education is. And what we do at the city is we try to fill those gaps to make sure people are connected to the right organizations that can not only assist them, but educate them on being successful at what they want to do specifically. So that's always been my goal pretty much throughout my career doing economic development is positioning people to be successful at what they want to do. You know, don't try to fit them in a box, find mm -hmm. out what they're trying to do and connect them to the parts in the community that can assist them to do that. And sometimes those parts are outside the community. So people got to be willing now, it's like I'm the oldest person at the table, you know, you didn't, you had internet access, but not like today. So you really had to go to the library, you know, you really had to look up stuff in the library. Um, you literally had to go to the universities and talk to people and do things. So there were, let's say, physical, um, educational tools you had to tap into, not just digital. It's easier now to tap into the digital platform. So now you can attend a conference via Zoom or you know audio or something like that. Um, but you, you have to be willing to not only do that, but you may have to go to Grand Rapids, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland to connect with, quote unquote, the right um, platform to assist you to get where you need to be at. So mm -hmm. you gotta be willing to do that. You know, if you really want it, you have to, sorry to say, take the extra steps to get there. Um, it's know. also more challenging to, to discern. You had mentioned it's important to where the education is coming from. So, mm -hmm. like, we got increased access to information via digital platforms, but people are less discerning in terms of, like, the information they get. I mean, you, you could literally be some, you know, 
that job and put something online and yep. somebody take it from it as opposed to when you had to get physical books mm-hmm. you know you taking time you reading through them and you know it's just it's just a plethora of information correct out there now depending on what you want to get into correct and in those platforms you like you said um, Kevin you have to measure what works for you because what works for Kevin may not work for Melanie but it may work for Antonio mm-hmm. and vice versa you know you know platform that works for Melanie doesn't work for me but it works for Kevin so you got to find out what what's the platform that works best for you for what you're trying to accomplish and so that's pretty much like what, what happens with Melanie working with technical assistance funds you know we don't say you have to use a certain accountant this and that or you know person you can use an accountant a CPA they just have to be a real business that you're going to work with if you pick that quote-unquote entity because they bring something to you that another entity that we work with in the past does not that's fine mm-hmm. the, our goal is to make sure that your platform of education takes you to the next level that you're trying to get to but we know that costs funding and so that's why we created programs that can assist with um, hopefully leveling you up to mm-hmm. where you want to be at that one may not get you all the way there but we're we're setting up additional platforms to assist individuals to get to that next level and so that's been my you know mantra of education is power because once you learn something you cannot unlearn it yeah good yeah. or bad right you know so that's what that's the power of education that's yeah the, that's the power of you know getting certain training once you get trained on you <laughs> you got training on it don't mean you're good at it no but you've been trained on it. you'll you'll know more than me right that hasn't been trained on it yeah um and you can really learn you can learn something re-learn. new especially if it's Correct. not effective and um yeah something you mentioned in terms of education and getting better at things, a, a theme or concept that connects to some other guests we've had is along like mastering your craft. Mm-hmm. Like you said, whatever whatever you want to do, just mastering your craft. That may include certification. Mm-hmm. It may not, but the edu- the more you're educated, mm-hmm. um, you, you essentially like mastering your craft. So it's, it's plenty of entrepreneurs that don't have degrees or certifications, oh. but they've been doing it for so long. Correct. And, and, you know, getting knowledge from the right and the education from the right people, it's like they master their craft. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, and the perfect example for you guys and for the audience is, is um, these barbecue pits. Mm-hmm. There's barbecue pits all over the place here and there, right? And then some barbecue pits, you're like, you're like oh, man, that's some good barbecue. But you don't go to the barbecue guy and go like, yo, man, wait, you know, where you get your, your chef degree at? Yeah. You know, but they've mastered how to make great barbecue. They yeah. Have, they got a sauce, you know, you know, we got with Big Moe's. Mm-hmm. They, they mastered his sauce and, yeah. and, and, and then was able to you know, get it, you know, you know, into Myers, you know, because he mastered something. But, you know, does he have a chef degree? Or, he, or a barbecue uh, pit university. Uh, yeah, barbecue pit <laughs> university. No, and everything. It's BPU. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so it's it's one of those things where the industries that you go in have certain requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, some do, some don't. Barbecue is an example of it doesn't. You just got to be good. Your yeah. food has to taste good. Your sauce has to taste good. You got to know how to cook it. You know how to got to have know how to smoke it. You know, you have to have the right pit mm-hmm. you know, to cook it on, um, you know. And so 
that's a master of experience that they've gotten good at. And they said, hey, dude, if you sold this, I'll buy it. Yeah. Everybody that has a little pit on the corner, someone in the family or multiple people's like, dude, I'll buy that if you, you, know, yep. you had it up. And so that's, that's how they start, you know. And then people show up. And then people keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And people keep showing up. And then hopefully, you know, what you know we're talking about is let's turn that, you know, corner, you know, um, display into um, a food truck. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get you outside of Kalamazoo and start doing some stuff. We want you to do it. Of course, we want you to do it here, but we want you to do it outside of Kalamazoo. You know, we want you to be based here in Kalamazoo. You know, we want to be entrepreneur hub for growth and development. Um, that's that's our vision um, because we know that. Um, the platform of change starts at home mm-hmm. and it starts with dollars, you know, and you have to, you know, o- approach it as how do we change the family structure for the better, but also economically benefit them so that it's generational wealth over time. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Good stuff. No doubt. You would mention your grandma. Mm-hmm. And her influence, which I never heard before, that's that's very interesting. Besides that, how did you become passionate about this work? Because you've been involved in many facets. Yeah. Like right now, it's economic development. Right. But this is your second time working for the city. The city yeah. in that capacity. Correct. You got the workforce development background with the uh, returnees. Mm-hmm. But like overall, how did you become passionate about this work? Because it's not easy well it that's a good good question um it, it really transpired over a time period of i was used to do community development so i was a uh, executive director and no offense to executive directors out in the world but i'll never do that again um <laughs> it's, it was just it was too painful um but what happened i worked for an organization called community first um, back in the early 90s worked with the governor's office at that time um to work with community engagement and involvement for improving households and really access to services. And over time, we, could, we, we worked out a lot of things. We created um, a mobile, speaking of mobile, mobile vehicles, a mobile health vehicle um, with the county to go around and, um, you know, the key was to pretest um, physical and shots for kids before they went back to school. And it was very successful. And so then they you know, started using the vehicle all over the county. But it started in Barron County at the time. And one thing that, that always came to a head was if individuals had better access to you know, more money or better jobs, they could do better with the health care. They could do better with the housing. Um, they could do better with helping their kids with their education, with books and clothes and things like that. So it came down to there's an economic de- economic development void, in this case, in the case of the city of Ben Harbor, void that needs to be met. And people need better access to better economic opportunities so they can improve their family income. And that was the conclusion I came to, and that was the conclusion the organization came to as well. And we were working with the city of Ben Harbor at the time, and they said, well, we've all come to that same conclusion. We need to work in that direction, we as the city. And so they hired me as the first economic development director for the city of Ben Harbor, Um, literally, I was the first um, ever. 
And so that was the focus. We focused on downtown. We focused on some industrial development um, that's still prevalent today. And we focused on some housing development um, initiatives uh, because you, it's great to have a better job, but you also need someplace better to live. So they, they work hand in hand. But you have to have, quote unquote, the right amount of, quote unquote, cash flow and income to better your life on all fronts, including healthcare. Healthcare um, through your employer is great, but it still costs you money mm -hmm. and everything. You still, still going, you know, sorry to say the hospital's still going to send you a bill. Yeah. So you, you still need some cash flow. And so I got passionate about how do you change the economic atmosphere of a community? And it's, and that's where it started of, it's either two ways. Either you're helping people find better jobs. And we created a training program at that time, uh, working with some employers there uh, to assist folks. Or you're creating entrepreneurship opportunities. So you're, now you're creating, um, as they say, business developers. And so we had a good number of small businesses that developed. Um, a handful of them are still up and active in, in Ben Harbor. And so you, you try to create the atmosphere for growth and development and prosperity and the mindset. So it's a mindset you gotta change. Okay, you, you either are doing one thing or another. Either you're getting yourself educated on being a business owner small, big, or small, large, whatever you, your vision is, or you're educating yourself on getting a better, quote, unquote, workforce opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's the only way in America your, your cash flow is changing. You know, either you're an entrepreneur or you're working for somebody and hopefully you're working for the job you want to work. If you're not, you need to be trying to figure out how to change that by accessing other opportunities. So that was my focus, and that was the light bulb. Um, and that triggered the the career path. You know, I got a degree in criminal justice, though, so I was mm -hmm. going to criminal justice. And so I got back, as Kevin brought up, into criminal justice for at least 10 years working with prisoner entry program. But it still came down to the same thing. Of, yeah. You know, economic opportunity for these individuals yeah. and housing opportunities. And, we, you know, I use same those same platforms for that population. And we were successful, very successful. Kamazoo probably still is one of the, the best prisoner reentry um, communities in, in the state of Michigan. And um, we were successful because we utilized both platforms. We gotta find you some place to live, we gotta find you a job. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurship part was hard. Now, now I'm in another platform, there may be some opportunity there to still work with the criminal justice system on some business ownership components as well, yeah. um, which I'm gonna look at down the road, can't look at it right now, um, but it may be part of hopefully down the road, um, our future new micro business um, development center um, that we're gonna have at the new incubator here in Kalamazoo. Um, it used to be Can Do Kitchen, which is now Can Do Kalamazoo. And so that's part of our platform is opening up the door for the possibilities of economic increase, either through workforce development or through entrepreneurship, one way or another. We are gonna give you access and opportunity, but you still have to participate. Yeah. It's not mm -hmm. a handout. Right, um, so we can create the conditions. Correct. More or less, and then assist in the position people to potentially increase, or, or in some cases even establish like income and, and mm -hmm. earnings. Correct. I know I'm interested in the, the wealth building, but 
like the the key component of that is income. Mm-hmm. And wealth is stickier. Income fluctuates over time, but mm-hmm. you can't begin to establish wealth if you have zero income. And so, just even a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, um, with the proper supports, can and like you say, position folks to go to the next level. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. And that's all you can do. And, and we try to explain to people with with government, either it can be a a tool for assistance or hindrance. Yeah. So which one are you trying to be? And in our department, I can't speak for the whole city, um, which I always tell folks about, um, but our department tries to make a, a stepping stone towards getting where you need to get to. The issue is uh, what a lot of people run into is that we have a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot of rules. We have a lot of stipulations for you doing whatever you want to do. Um, so that's why we say talk to us so we can find out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to do it, and is it possible. And, and the issue is most of the time it's, it's possible, even if it's not zoned correctly, things like that. We have a process of changing the zoning. You can request it um, or getting a variance to do it there in that zoning. So there's, there's a process of doing what, quote, unquote, you want to do. We just need your assistance in communicating with us so we can assist you to you know establish that dream. Um, and that's part of, um, you know, our focus with Melanie focusing on the future of the micro business development component is everything. If we're going to change the income of households, which a good number of them are single moms, then we need to give them opportunities that they can do from home. So if we can help them create a small business, um, someone does hair, let's help you create a barber hair, you know, spot in your house. You know, so you can do hair right at your house and everything, you know, or you do nails or you do something else. Let's figure out how we can keep you home. Where your kids are literally in the next room watching TV, eating, doing their homework, and you doing someone's hair or doing someone's nails and you're making money. So we can the the goal for us is we can get if we can get you to make an extra hundred dollars a week. That's an extra four hundred dollars, right? You know. Um, that's four hundred dollars a week, I mean a month, um, times twelve. That's forty-eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Does that help a household? An additional forty-eight hundred dollars a month that literally they did from home. The answer should be yes. Now, the the goal there, if we can get you there, then the next goal is how can we help you double that? Mm-hmm. Right. Once we teach you how to double that, then that puts you on cruise control. Otherwise, now you know, okay, now you've been educated. Now you have the ability to, okay, I know how to turn this platform. I can double this platform. Now I just need to double the next platform. Mm -hmm. So now you went from 48 to 96, 96 to what, 18, what was that? 96 times 2, basically. 96 times 2 is what? Until you get your phone. 192. Huh? 190. 96 times 2 is 192. You mean 19,000 and... Yeah. You said 9,600? Yeah. Right. 9,600 times, times 2, two is, is 19,200. There you go. So once you hit that platform, now you, now you move it. Now you, you probably... You've literally gotten rid of, if you had two part-time jobs, you've replaced that part-time job. You, you may even say, okay, this is full-time. Mm-hmm. Because now 
you're in a position, okay, I'm at 19, I'm at a base of $19,000, you know, I should be, I can mm -hmm. double this in a year. It positions you in a place to at least consider it. Yes. You know? Yep, yeah. Correct. Or you say, nah, let me see if I can do this for a couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. But extra 19, almost $20,000 a year, which is probably going to still increase a little bit, right? Uh, or go down a little bit. So you're averaging hopefully around 20,000. So you say, let me do this for a couple of years. And some folks may jump jump off and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going for this. And some folks say, no, nah, I'm going to keep this little part-time job. Or which people have to consider, which is uh, interesting about the United States, is healthcare. Uh -huh. So no, no, I got to keep this job because I need the healthcare. Right. I can't, I can't afford not having healthcare. I got kids, this and that, so I need this job, right? Uh -huh. You know, or it positions you to apply for a better job because you know you got some foundational income that you're going to be able to tap into. So I'm going to go after this other job that has better health insurance or has a better structure for me and my family, and I'll still be making this extra money. Okay, mm -hmm. until I can position myself to replace this. So a lot of times you have a lot of small businesses that people are working. They're not working because there's not enough cash flow. They're working because, quote, unquote, um, we need the health insurance. Um, um, my, my new example is, is my household. You know, my wife is successful, has a successful business. Mm -hmm. But guess what? We need the health insurance. You know, I've literally been working the last... You know, ten years since her business has really taken off because of health insurance. Yeah, not because of we need the check. Right, health insurance is expensive. You yeah, know? so and that's part of the math. Yes, that's yeah. part of the math. That's part of the math. That's part of the math. Yeah, yeah. So you got to position people to do the math, see what works for their family, and doesn't what works for Melody doesn't work for Kevin. Mm -hmm. Works for Antonio doesn't work for everybody else, but. You got to find out through the process of educating yourself on your business and growing it, hopefully, on what works for you as your household. Um, what works for you getting maybe moving from one place to another place because of the situation of your lifestyle needs to be better for yeah. your kids. So you have to put those, quote unquote, in position to understand that aspect of planning. Yeah. Yeah. And for some context, the uh, it, most people use a uh, federal poverty level, a family of four. Uh, on average, though, it, more, it leans more towards a family of three, right, mm -hmm. in terms of household. So family of three household federal poverty level amount is $23,030 a year. In the example you gave, you know, if you're leveling up an extra you know, 19200 uh, per year added to that amount is now $42,230 a year. So that's that's huge. Um, but even before that, just the simple $100 a week, $4,800 um, plus that 23000 is $27,830. And that may not seem like a lot, but again, you know, in real real time real mm -hmm. dollars that could be a huge that could be a huge impact for a household mm -hmm. oh yeah so extra four hundred dollars you know that's you know that's definitely paying let's say your bus ticket okay to get to work mm -hmm. so it takes yeah. that off the table transportation yeah, yeah transportation that that pays for your kids you know go back to school clothes mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah so the extra four hundred dollars that's just that month right right so now you that, that little extra four hundred dollars you can stretch you you figure out where it goes it goes towards 
maybe it goes towards clothes, mm-hmm. maybe it goes towards some food. But now the cash flow you're getting from whatever those two jobs are, you know, are quote unquote, as they say, not a check by check yeah. experience. Yes. So you wanted the extra four hundred dollars goal is to take you out of that check by check, you know, vicious circle that you're in on a regular basis. Yeah. And everything. And hopefully if they get educated and understand, okay, I can get out of this vicious circle. Mm-hmm. If I can just level this up a little bit more. So what mm-hmm. else do I need to do? You know? Yeah. Um, and that's where we want to be at. We want to mm-hmm. be at that position to help individuals get to that next one, get you to the hundred. Cause the key factor is educating you on how to make money. So remember we said, once you get educated on something, once you learn something, you've learned it. Yes. You can't unlearn it. It's been learned. So now you learn how to at least make a hundred dollars. And increasing, increasing in revenue streams. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So now you get the mindset on how to increase your revenue stream. Mm-hmm. And you may even change your business. He's like, this is good. But if I was doing this, yeah, this type of business, I make, I could double this hundred to two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So you may find out, yeah, I want to level this business up. But if I go to this other business platform, that's even better. Mm-hmm. So now you're flipping that $400 over into another business that changes that $400 to $800, right? Yeah. You know, or at a minimum $600. Well, it didn't, it didn't give me $800. That one got me $600. What? Mm-hmm. What, an extra $200? You know, so now you have a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what we're trying to do is change the platform of Everyone can't be an entrepreneur. That's where the workforce development comes in. Mm-hmm. But the folks that want to be, we want to position them um, to be not only the best they can be, but educated on how to be the best they can be. Yeah. And that's uh, the, the systems thinking in terms of interconnect, interconnections. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked a lot about numbers. That's just the, the hard math and, and material aspect. But that's, that's being used in this context as leverage because, like you said, once, once you learn and apply, you know, what you've learned to get an extra hundred, mm-hmm. now you know it can be done. Correct. As opposed to, you know, somebody just talking about it. You've actually done it. You know it can be done. And, like, that, that hard material aspect is now translating to, like, a different psychological yes. aspect mm-hmm. of, like, right. Oh wow! Okay, now I can I can do this. Right, and helping and those around you too. I think that's yeah. important. Yeah. Oh yeah. People yeah, people helping they get maybe they get that hundred dollars and they're well on their way and then they want to help folks around them that want mm-hmm. that same opportunity. Mm-hmm. Correct. Bringing folks up with them. Correct. Because yeah. you want to bring up your whole family, you know, mm-hmm. that's their immediate household. But once you know how you can make that dollar, that's why you go into a lot of especially. I know a lot of stores I used to go into, uh, old shops and things like that, they had that that $1 framed or that $100 framed and on the wall. Yeah. And the importance of that was that was that trigger point, like you said, Kevin, that shows that, no, we did this. Yeah. We, this is this is the dollar that was money. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, it didn't go towards any debt. It didn't pay for any supplies. It didn't, this was revenue. This was that first dollar of revenue. Now, they didn't make an extra dollar. They made an extra maybe a thousand, mm-hmm. a couple hundred. Didn't make a difference, but that was the dollar out of that first real quote unquote increase of the business that the business made money. That mm-hmm. was that tipping point. That was that the tipping point, point of no return. The point of no return, and it was <laughs> the it literally was the reminder every day when you had the cash register. You look up, you know, cash register is a little thin, but you look up at that dollar and going like, okay, 
but we know we can make this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we want to be um, as a city and, as, and what we're trying to create is that tool to help people figure it out. You know, and if we can help them figure it out, like I said, you know, we, we and the interesting thing, we have to accept that some some of these people are going to lose in the sense of some of some will fail, of course, because nothing's perfect. But some people will move out the mm-hmm. city. We mm-hmm. have to accept that as well. Yeah. That we're going to help people be successful and they're going to maybe move to Portage or they may move to Detroit or, you know, with their business yeah, and everything. But that, that to me opens up opportunity for someone else. Right. And you yeah. know what else? Cause I had this question in terms of like what success looked like and, and that, um, you said it and it sounds like almost like a fear, but my response to that has been, you know what? That's if, if we do it effectively, all the things you said, that's actually a win for us. Oh yeah. Because to to think that somebody could have those supports in our city, the city of Kalamazoo, and go to a Detroit, Chicago, New York, or somewhere else and thrive and be mm-hmm. like, you know what? All the all the tools that I got to thrive in this place, I got from Kalamazoo. Correct. That's a win for us. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Big it time. Is. Big time. And, and you want to create that platform. You know, you want to, you know, and and my whole initiative is as we deal with like share prosperity in Kalamazoo and we're dealing with, you know, changing that quality of the community is that we recognize, I mean, you talk about this all the time, Kevin, is that we're dealing with single moms. And we were, I was talking to Kevin about <laughs> a training opportunity. And Kevin was like, uh, that's a great opportunity, but I don't think women going to go for that. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, I don't think women want to be this. And I was like, you're right. I don't think women want to be this either. I said, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it, but we have to understand that the population that we're trying to quote unquote change, we have to focus on things that they want to be trained on. Um, like the nursing, you know, program that you're working with Kev with, um, um, NACD on the North side is thriving. And I went through there last week and class was full. Mm-hmm. Right because it's something those women want to be in. And the interesting thing about that is that you're, you're probably dealing with women that don't have that certification in this case. Um, what's, what's the certification they give you? Kevin? The CNA. The CNA certification. But that changed their platform of income by, you know, five to $10 mm-hmm. depending on where they go. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so now you're changing their projection of their whole household. Yeah. We have to accept, do we create, quote, unquote, the additional housing that they can go into mm-hmm. and say graduate into out of the housing they're in? Yes. Or they will graduate out of our community, mm-hmm. you know, um, and go someplace else. Right. Where the housing fits their new needs. Yeah. Um, and that's why we have to, and, and on the housing area we were talking about earlier before we started, you got to create all levels of housing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got to create that market rate, got to get that, that um you know, mid-level housing, um, and then you have low-income housing. But you don't create housing for people to stay there forever. Right. You create, you create housing for people for that time period. Yeah, to transition. To transition. How they see fit. There you go. And then we've been talking about, like, a, a phase two component of SBK, the economic asset development. And so uh, what we've been talking about so far, addressing income, which is crucial, but then 
like you said, if you want to transition or go to the next level, if if you're a single parent renting and you mm-hmm. want to go to the next level, um, I want to get a two or three bedroom house, you know, for for my family. So it's a great opportunity, different set of challenges. Mm-hmm. And so again, as community, what what supports can we offer for them to make the transition? And, and be successful with it, not like backslide. Yeah, I got this house, and now, you know, 120 days later, I, I can't keep it. Right, correct, yeah. for multiple reasons. Um, up, upkeep of a house is expensive, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but pe- you don't realize that when you're renting. Yeah, you know. Our water heater just, just broke. We got to gotta deal with that. Got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. It's not even an option. It's, it's not an option. not an option. It's not an option. It's not an option. Well, maybe we can just... Warm water up in the backyard. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> solar here. No. no. Nope. It's not opposite. We, we got to make that adjustment. So, so like you said, you know, so now you got to prep people a little to, you got to have that rainy day fund, you know, because stuff is going to break down or you got to, you know, get into the consumer, you know, program. They got programs you can get into, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that's part of the education. What, what are my other options? And so you, you want to try to position people, new household owners to take advantage of opportunities that are going to assist them short-term and long-term. But we also want to make sure we have short-term and long-term options for housing. We have student housing. Mm -hmm. When students are not students, guess what? They need regular housing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, can we provide that housing at that next level? You know, single mom, okay, I got the bag, now I'm making it to that next level. I don't want to be in affordable housing. I, I need to be in work workforce housing. Mm-hmm. You know that mid level housing. What options do I have? Do we do we provide those options? Hopefully, the answer will be yes um, or no. I want to buy me a house. Do we provide those options of home ownership or owning a condo or something like that? Hopefully, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no. I not only want to own a house. I would like to build a house. Do we provide that option? Hopefully, the answer is yes. We do provide that, that option, and so we're trying to position ourselves as a department to make sure we have the flexibility to provide all those options for people, um, for people that lives here and the people that want to live here. It's a combination. Um, everyone that quote unquote works at um, Stryker and Upjohn and and all the other places in the community aren't originally from Kalamazoo, you know. Some of them are from, you know, Texas and every place else. But we want them to be a part of Kalamazoo. So we need to make sure we have the housing options for them as well. Mm-hmm. I think of a big piece that we're, we're doing now, too, that we're improving on is transportation. I just read a couple weeks ago the average car payment is up to $700 a month, the average is the highest it's ever been car debt is the highest it's ever been and how do we position our city in a way that people can get where they need to be without having maybe to own a car or if Mm -hmm. they own a car they um, there's more supports to own it or a step you know a path to maybe I can walk to work or maybe I can um, catch a ride with somebody Mm -hmm. or there's a one 250 ride service that somebody mm-hmm. could oh I just call up on this app and someone gives me a ride um, and I don't have to own, pay that huge car payment insurance and all that so right. or bike 
bike, yeah. There you go. You I try bike, not. Yeah. I try not to advocate push too hard on the bike. Well, the, the issue is, <laughs> but we as a city are moving in that direction. Um, I know people are a little frustrated. Um, we talked about that in a management meeting um, this morning about the frustration of changing uh, what um, Park Westness and Park. Yeah, Park and Westness. Oh, it's it's causing chaos. Um, you went from four lanes to two. Mm. We took yeah, back the street. Took back the street, and we you know, created street parking mm-hmm. and bike lanes and things like that, and people are going nuts. Now, the interesting thing is, though, and people out in the community, um, don't be offended, especially people outside the city, which includes my wife. Um, we want our residents to be able to be mobile, like Melanie's talking about. If they want to walk, if they want to ride, we want them to be comfortable and feel safe that they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to the bus or to you know travel to work or by bike or by scooter, you know electric scooters are in now, electric bikes are in. Uh, we want to give them that flexibility. Um, some of our current streets don't give that flexibility, and so, like Melanie said, we're taking back the streets to give our local residents that opportunity. Now that hinders a lot of people that cut through our city, uh, makes it uncomfortable. Um, but is that so I, who we're hearing from? Yeah, that's that's who we're hearing <laughs> we're from. We're so mad. Yeah, what's up with that? You know, what's this walk? What's this this sign for people to walk across the street? What are you, are you crazy? <laughs> we're gonna try to let people walk across the street? It's like, yeah, you need to stop and let people walk across the street. You know, and and people and like I says, people on the outside of the city think we're crazy of trying to mm-hmm. help people be able to walk across the street. You know, why is that a you know mystery of you know to folks that people that live there should be able to walk and be able to cross the street and not worry about being ran down by a car mm-hmm. that's going 55 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, you know we're going to slow you down and we're going to have the opportunity for individuals that live here to walk and enjoy the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and cool. those folks too, because we yeah. have events and, and folks don't, don't live here, come and visit and engage in some of the businesses and some of the events. You will, you will be walking the street too. Correct, correct. Or you, yeah. I mean, we got uh, enough good trails. You can ride your bike down to downtown and enjoy some of, quote unquote, the the sceneries and opportunities mm-hmm. and restaurants and things like that. And so we, we're trying to, um, like Melanie said, diversify the opportunity of people's in their mobile capabilities. Um, that a car is not needed all the time. Now we do live in Michigan, so mm-hmm. we do hit winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you still have to have that uh, mobile capability because of winter, but we still want to open up the opportunity that the winter, our winters are getting shorter if everyone has been paying attention. Um, so if there's less winter months and more, as I say, months with nothing on the ground but maybe some leaves. So um, we want to make sure people have um, multiple quote, options, mm-hmm. again, uh, even with transportation. Yeah, which should be more of a reason you're saying less winter. Yeah. That's more of a reason to convert. There you go. To walk, bike. And I try not to say, like, I'm not, and I'm, like, me saying this, I am I try not to mention that I am I ride my bike because I am i don't want to be anti-car because right. I still own a car. Correct. But you need a car sometimes to get yes. around. You got it. You right. got to do those trips out to Costco or, you know, mm-hmm. out of town. But you need, you should have a choice of both. Like, Correct. oh, what transportation am I going to take downtown tonight? Am I going to take my scooter? Am I going to ride the bus? Am I going to drive? Yeah. You Correct. more, you more bike though. Yeah. Folks yeah. that <laughs> don't know Mel, she's <laughs> definitely pro bike. And yeah. she has a bike that's, 
that's worth thousands of dollars. Oh, Don't yeah. even say that. Yeah. People yeah. know where I live. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it is, it's, it's a it's a beautiful bike, but yeah. it's like it's one of those things. It's like, wow, this is she's serious about biking. Yeah. I'll just say yeah. that. She's yeah. serious about and, the bike. And it's it's great to have some staff that's serious about biking. Um when I was younger and joints worked a lot better, I used to be serious about biking. But for folks that get a little older, now it's, it's scooter time for Mr. Mitchell. Scooter. Here. Yeah, e-bike. Yeah, e-bike. I need to uh, not move my knees as much. So, mm-hmm. it, but we want to have, I think one thing that's great, and then, like Kevin said earlier, I came back to the city. I came back to the city because there were more options being developed, and it wasn't just talk. A lot of people, you know, have meetings, and they they want to talk about stuff and plan. We want to plan this. We want to put a plan together. We want to pay this person to come in and do a plan. We want to do this plan. We got that plan. And there's a whole lot of plans. So a lot of plans sit on shelves in a lot of governments. But um, I came back because there was an opportunity to implement plans. And so because we're in a position to implement, uh, what, what Kevin does with Share Prosperity, what Melanie does in, in her position with um, business development, those were create. There were plans that are now, be, now being implemented. So they're, they are implementing the visions. And so the process of the city of Kalamazoo is positioning itself to implement the vision. The issue is we still a government. So every two to four years, the platform changes at the top. So sometimes that vision gets you know, tweaked a little bit because mm-hmm. we have new, a new mayor and new commissioners and things like that. But everyone that runs wants to see the city develop itself to be the best it can be. And we as staff accept that challenge. Our key factor is, can we implement it? Can you implement the plan? And as I talked to you guys on my staff, so we always talk about implementation. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta implement, you gotta, you gotta follow through, you gotta do what you say you're gonna do um, and make it work. Yeah. Um, because what you do in the case of you guys and other staff, has an effect on people's lives. You know, you affect families, um, short-term and long-term. So it's a benefit for not only you being here, but it's a benefit for what you do. You make a difference. So thank you. Yeah, and it's, it's, he's not just talking. He is he's adamant about execution. Yeah, um, I'm serious. So they know I'm serious. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, so, and that's that's a great push for us too because, um, you know, I'm I'm studying project management plans are not optional, but to Antonio's point, is historically, especially in in government, it's been many plans developed that kind of like fall to the wayside or or sit on the shelf and and rot to the next planning. Uh, session begins on uh, so his push to execute plans right the combination and like you, you can't really have one without the other because the other extreme is is not effective either just a bunch of doing and it's just random it seemed like it's not effective either so planning something having structure and then executing um and antonio's a sports guy i'm not as mm-hmm. much a sports guy <laughs> but i understand like if you think in the of the analogy of sports and like it, the X's and O's are pretty much the same, mm-hmm. but the team you have to execute, it's going to make the difference if, if you make the playoffs or don't, right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so having the right people in place to execute whatever plan has been established, I'm, I'm finding in my leadership journey, it's like, 
is key. Yeah, it's key. It's the team, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I've been doing. And Kevin's been around the longest, seeing that we're building a team for implementation, uh, for execution, uh, be, because our department gets a lot of money for execution, and that's that's one great thing as well with our our departments that we get a lot of money pushing our direction. You know, Kevin's division gets a lot of money pushing his way. Melanie's division get you know money, a lot of money putting pushing her way. Our community development division gets the most and pushed in their way uh, for housing development. And people want to see something built. They want to take a picture of something. You know, got a I got a um, ribbon cutting this afternoon. You know, for another housing development, but. If you're getting money and nothing's being done, you're not affecting people's lives. Then why are you getting the money? Right. And so we're we're trying to make sure that the dollars that we're getting, we're making sure that it's it's being utilized to have the biggest impact as possible on the most people as possible. Mm-hmm. So execution is vital. Mm-hmm. It is required. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in our division, it's required. So you had mentioned micro business. Could you? Explain the difference between a micro business and a home-based business. Um, they can be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, micro business is less than ten people. Some folks say less than five. It depends on who you talk to, definition-wise. Um, a lot of our home-based businesses are probably micro businesses. It could be just one person, uh, which is fine. Um, um, once you get to two, you're making some money, though. You're making more than that nineteen thousand. Put it that way. Um, but some folks don't <laughs> don't go beyond being a micro. A lot of, pretty much the majority of our businesses in our country are micro businesses, mm-hmm. you know, less than 10 people, uh, which a lot of people don't recognize. Home-based businesses is important because it, it positions um, households to have, like I said, that additional income and access to dollars that can help literally adjust the home budget, you know, gives them hopefully more flexibility, um, gives mom more flexibility, dad more flexibility, the kids more flexibility. Um, uh, my wife's business, which is a home-based business, gives her the flexibility, because she's online too, that she literally can be anywhere. I mean, anywhere. As long as she has good internet access, she can be working, you know? I mean, she we go on vacation, she's still working, not all the time, but she you know, blocks out some time that I won't work, and then we're going to go to the park or we're going to do this. So me and the kids may hit the pool while she's working. Uh, back when the kids were younger, we go to the pool, she work, and then she gets done, she joins us at the pool, you know. Um, and then we go to lunch or do something, and then we go to the park or go do something else. So depending on what type of home-based business you have, it, it could give you flexibility, but hopefully it gives you flexibility with your family, mm-hmm. which is real important to me. Um, especially dealing with, um, I know a large majority of single moms in our community, is that they need that flexibility with their children mm-hmm. because they are everything. You know, if they if they're blessed to have um, a father that's involved, that's great. A grandmother, an aunt, you know, uncle, that's great. But those individuals have quote unquote their own responsibilities. Um, and so the, you're, you know, usually the mom's kids are not their priorities. They're part of their priorities. Uh, but for the mom, that is their priority. You know, that's, they are their lives. So if we can uh, adjust 
their income to be better, to give them more flexibility, that will give them even more time to put into their children's lives for the better. Mm -hmm. And that's the mission. Because now it changes the income platform of that house and then it moves them out of that Alice population. And Kevin, what does Alice mean? Asset limited, income constrained, employed. Yes. And how many, Kevin, do we have in um, our little three neighborhoods, um, households that fit that criteria? The household, the last uh, time I looked, it was around 11,000 households. 11,000 households in three neighborhoods, correct? Yeah. yeah. So if we can bring that down, you know, the goal, our goal, hopefully starting in 2023, is uh, in five years to bring that down by 5,000 uh, from our department. That's, that's the mission. We want those three neighborhoods to be reduced to from 11,000 to 6,000. That's, that's the minimum. So this, that's, that's the mission. And so we said, how are we attacking it? We talked about it earlier, workforce development, entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to help these single moms, which, sorry to say, part of that 11,000, 80% of them are single moms. So we got to focus on single moms. How do we help these single moms get better daycare? How do we, and a lot, and a lot of people don't realize too, you can have a home-based daycare because my, my son, my aunt, who has a big daycare now, had a home-based daycare. Mm -hmm. She had like four kids. Guess who those four kids were? My son, my cousin's son. It was, it was like family, right? Yeah. But we paying her. I'm like, I'd rather pay her. Yeah. Right? One, want to pay her. Two, I know her. I grew up with her. I know she loves them. Trust her. Yeah, yeah, I trust her. She, you know. So we got a lot of uh, possibility of home-based businesses there. Mm -hmm. That's a daycare, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. happening in Edison with the um, Edison Early Childhood Career uh, Pathway uh, Project. And so, yeah, yeah, to your point, it's, it's opportunities that just not in and of themselves, like mm -hmm. on the, on the systems level, they, they hit multiple points, mm -hmm. right? So, right. I mean, you, you develop a family, right. you develop a business, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's neighborhood based. Yep. Right. And so it's, it's a whole bunch of touch points that can be leveraged just off of, you know, us providing the right support. Right. So to me, that's a, a huge opportunity. We, we got a, it's a future component. We got to figure out how to, you know, put dollars towards that. But, you know, if we created a hundred little, small, you know, mini daycares, you know, three to four kids, you know, that changes literally income-wise those households, you know, um, you know, three to four hundred households instantly. But then it also changes the households that quote unquote they're taking care of kids too because now it's, it's probably a little bit more affordable. Mm -hmm. You get yeah. what I'm saying? So now it's... Oh, it's the, yeah, the folks that need the child care. The, the folks that need yeah. the child care is a little more affordable, okay? And it's also a smaller environment where their, their child's getting more attention mm -hmm. as well than they would at a bigger daycare, right? So yeah. it's more hands-on, it's more that grandma effect, you mm -hmm. know, the auntie or cousin, close cousin effect with their child where it's a lot more you know, reading, backyard, playing with a couple of kids instead of trying to figure out what kids to play with. Yeah. And so it, it it opens up an opportunity that, quote, unquote, want to try to take advantage of that component. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the hair component, me, me and Kev can talk about, we, we got family members that they know they get their hair done every month, right? Yeah. So there's opportunities there for some 
folks that want to do hair to do something at home, you know, do some nails at home, do some things like that. Yeah. Now that opens up some possibilities. There's some online, you know, other businesses that some folks can can do. Yeah. And so those home-based businesses are possible. We just have to help them structure them and figure out how to make sure the platform of their quote-unquote environment that they're trying to do it in works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's say for the city and for them, as they say. Yeah. You had talked about development. This was mm-hmm. one thing I had written. I was just interested to know from a, a high-level perspective. Development that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask about the conversations of uh, the tension between increase in development and how that could equate to like increased density. I know that's sensitive in a lot of the communities, but it's not unreasonable to assume that would happen here. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It, we, we're going to have an increase because uh, because right now our platform of structure in the city is you really you can't build out. You only can build up. Yeah. So that's what's happening in our metro downtown area. You're seeing a lot of cranes up. You're going to see more um, building up, um, yeah. not out. Um, in, in some of the neighborhoods, you have a little more building up mm-hmm. than out. Um, and so that's going to create, like you said, more density, more people. Um, and that requires, um, as we see it, more communication, more information, um, more collaboration, um, not only with our neighborhood associations, but also some of our faith-based organizations as well. Um, to assist us with communication and information. And so we're trying to position ourselves that we're educating the community at the same time that they're seeing this growth, but also informing people on how to get along better. You know, um, that's a challenge in its own self, you know. Um, um, Literally block by block, it's it's hard to get folks to come out their houses to talk to folks. So hopefully... Um, as we expand the platform of community engagement uh, with our staff and our office um, and some of the things that we're doing, um, even with public safety, that we'll have more um, information sharing um, and then also opportunity sharing for individuals in the community um, to deal with the density that's coming, which also includes the, the street improvements. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have you have to get more people, as we talked about earlier, biking and walking. So you got to make the changes to the sidewalks. Um, and we do door knocking, so we know we need improvements to the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to make more infrastructure improvements so people can be more mobile on their feet, on the skateboard, on their scooter, on their bike. You know, don't have to take a car everywhere mm-hmm. to get to places. And you people know. that use wheelchair, too, I think, yep. yeah, having that same accessibility. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. So with, with more folks, you got to diversify your accessibility for for every platform. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're seniors, we're having more seniors that's living in the downtown area. So you have to uh, make the infrastructure um, senior-friendly, people-friendly, and that's what's happening right now. Yeah. So sorry for the community. Um, uh, there's a lot of cones. There's a lot of development. Stadium Drive, every place is, you know, is being redeveloped to make everything more, um, as I say, pedestrian friendly. Yeah, short-term uh, pain and long-term gain. There you go. Hopefully. Okay. Well, as I said in the beginning, I think this was an exciting conversation. and um, It's exciting to hear what's, what's coming. And, you know, like I said, even for us, 
it's great opportunities, but it'll be a different set of challenges. Mm-hmm. So Correct. we just, you know, have to deal with that when it comes. But um, I think it's great overall and very excited to see what um, what the opportunities being produced, how they multiply mm-hmm. and, and create even more um, amenities in the neighborhood. Correct. So we always end the show with a couple things. Uh, the first is a six-word vision for our community that you have. I'll model it. Um, a community without poverty and racism. Hmm. Well, mine is take advantage of the opportunity that education can empower you and your children. Okay. As, as we kind of multiplied that, but it's fine. Yeah, that's it's, it's fine. I think, I think it turned to eight. I, I, think know, eight. Right. I think it was eight. I think it was we eight go, words. After this, this is published, we're going to count the words. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's fine. You get the sentiment is there. Yes. Um, what are you currently reading? Oh, oh. I didn't start reading it yet. Um cannot think of the name of it. It was pretty much just an economic development book, though. It was um, a book on um, pretty much how to manage economic growth for a business. Mm-hmm. Manage your economic growth for a business. And sitting, it's literally sitting in my seat in the car. Um, and so I focus on not only economic development, of course, initiatives for quote unquote us as a city, but also things that to assist my wife with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's her business, but I get to be the free advisor yeah. for her to give her information and bounce stuff off of. Um, and so I try to be a sounding board. So I try to read things that work for business growth and development mm-hmm. um, to give her some advice. Now, that, that was great at the beginning. <laughs> now she gives me advice. So yeah. I, I get a lot of information from her now. It's reverse roles now um, because she's she's hit another level um, with her business. And so now I ask her questions on certain things and listen to her um, talk. Yeah. Um, and she has a podcast with a friend of ours in North Carolina that she does um, weekly uh, on business, um, on money and everything. So What? Okay. Yeah. What's the name of it? Uh, the, um, the New Money Coach. I think that's correct. The New Tony. Money Coach? Yeah, I think that's correct. Tony Jackson, and it's on um, Tuesday nights at seven o'clock. Okay, find it on Facebook or YouTube, all those platforms. Okay, yeah. We'll so post it. We'll put it on the show notes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's really good. They they provide. They get a lot of guests and talk about. They talk about money, you know, and for businesses and families, you know. Yeah. So, so sweet. It's, it's the platform that you know people need to make that adjustment that. Um, I mean, we live in America. It's a capitalist system that's, that's based on money. Yeah, well, yeah, right now. So yeah. learn about it. Yeah, learn about it. And, mm-hmm. and, then, and then figure out how we can change it. But There you go. Yeah, we got to hey, have it. Hey, commend our governor at making financial literacy a requirement. A requirement? Yeah, that's that's part of it. It's gonna be gonna, that's going to be part of the curriculum. When does it start? I don't know when it starts. Okay. Yeah, I don't know when it starts. But, yeah, they got she got that on the platform. Good. Which is great. Yeah. You know? Sorry, you know, you get out of college and student loan man come knocking, they mm. they don't don't they don't miss a note. 
Yeah. They, they know when you graduate when you don't know when you graduate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what'd you have for dinner last night? Uh, I had chili. I had uh, turkey chili last night and everything in life. I'm doing, doing a little Weight Watchers and everything. Okay. I'm getting older, so I'm slowly losing weight. I'm not trying to use, lose weight dramatically. Yeah. Just taking my time working out, you know, just moving in the right direction. Okay. Cake or pie? Oh, cake. Speaking of Weight Watchers, no. Yeah, <laughs> cake. No, cake. I'm a cake, cake person. Cake? Yes, right. I like cake. Okay. Oh, what's on your nightstand? What's on my nightstand? Pretty much light, my cell phone, charger, tissue, um, my watch, charger. And that's pretty much it. It's pretty Okay. Pretty basic. Pretty, pretty Spartan. Yeah, pretty Spartan. There pretty you basic. go. Yeah. And you you got a, a, a wealth of knowledge and passion, and you always doing something. I, I'd ask you recently, I said, I sent you an email. Did you get it? He's like, man, I'm 100 deep. 100 and deep. On the deep. On the emails, unread. And so you're super busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what's the most important thing you do to take care of yourself to show up for the work? Um, it's a couple of things. One, I try to I try to now always one work out at least a minimum three times a week. That's one. Two, um, I listen to you know COVID you know push you out of the church. So I got the church background. So I I, I cooked up with you know uh, Bishop T D Jakes out of um, Dallas for work. So I've been listening to him on a regular basis, just to spiritually keep me in line. Mm-hmm. So it's it's mental, physical, you know, and spiritual. Like mm-hmm. you said, the book component is the is the the mental thing. What are you reading? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. And people gotta realize it's also not about you gotta read a book. Um, when when I walk, when I do walk, sometimes I do audio books. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, I do an audio book as well. Um, so it's not all you know. What are you physically reading? Sometimes it's just audio book. Yeah. So I do audio books. Um, I do a lot of audio books when I like driving. We go travel, so I do audio books when we travel. Um, I, d- I did. Uh, I've, we've done uh, Michelle Obama's book and Barack Obama's book. I'm not even done with a Barack's. His book seemed like it's bigger than Michelle's. I'm not sure. It is. Yeah. It's, it's like, about fifty hours of audio. Yeah. And you know, thousands of pages physical. So wow. yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah. hope he got everything out. Yeah, he. I think he did. <laughs> okay, I think he did because I'm like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, we we got through Michelle's, but we still working through Obama's, you know. So, yeah, and that's audio, and that's audio. Yeah. We we have both hard copies. But yeah, they like on display, and they like like art. Yeah, <laughs> in our front room <laughs> on display, you know. And I think I think it's Barack actually reading on the audio version. Yes, it is. So yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of a, a good, he got yeah. a cool voice. I yeah, like he do got a cool voice. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's it's funny. It's funny to hear him talk and everything. And so, so yeah, so that's you know that you know mental, physical, spiritual component you mm-hmm. know keeps me balanced, and that's what I try to do. And yeah, I think one of the things is I love coming to work. So I love what we do. You know, I came back to the city because I love economic development. I didn't know how much I loved it until I came back and realized. It's nothing like seeing something come out of dirt. That's what I keep yeah. telling people. So <laughs> something from, you know, nothing from to something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a beautiful thing. Okay. All right. Well, we certainly appreciate it, um, your time.
uh, everything you're doing. And um, yeah, I can say personally, you've been a, a great inspiration to me, like in having that proximity to not only like engage in conversation, with, but actually see it. And I'm taking mental notes all mm -hmm. the time on like, okay, I can add this to my leadership repertoire. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to thank you personally for no that. No problem. You see me on many platforms. You've been good enough to see me working on multiple platforms. So it's it's been great working with you, Kev, and I, I thank you for um, all you do and what all Melanie does. Um, yeah, thank you, yeah. Antonio. I think one thing I was thinking about is the watering. Like, thank you for watering the staff and the coming back to help water the city with you and then also, like, teaching us to water ourselves and teaching the residents to water yeah. themselves. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still teaching Melly the government game. She's I like, know. Oh yeah. It's she's, a every day. It's yeah. every day. She's, she's still green. She's like, what? I'm so green. Yeah. That makes no sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, welcome to government. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so hey, yeah I meant I my thing sincerely, not just because he does my reviews. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, yeah, keep that in mind, public. <laughs> I do do the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you again. Yeah. See you next no time. You guys keep doing a great job. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for um, asking me to show up and talk. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one.